Now she is, Captain. Isn't she a beauty? Yes, she is, Mr. Scott. Is she ready to go? Aisa. She's ready to go to the stars. This is the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. It's mission to seek out new ideas, find new games, and to boldly bring the awesome to your game. Mr. Scott, Warp 9. I Captain. And now, our host. This is Bruce. This is John. This is Trav. Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast. Your podcast of having a night that you just can't believe, and then you find out that it's all over Facebook. Get your latest news here. Bat Boy to Mary Crocodile Girl. Sasquatch to be best man. Get the latest news here. This is not the information you were looking for. Move along. Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast. This week we are talking about Bureau 13 and how to run a disinformation campaign. Uh, now we this is an important part of the Bureau 13 game, and it actually doesn't get enough play in most uh, in my experience. Uh, I mean, in most of the games that I played, uh, it's all about where's the monster? You know, how do we find it? How do we stop it? And, um, and then, you know, maybe there's some thought about some evidence dispersal at the end. And it's basically beat feet back to, you know, um, someplace to rest up, heal up and move on to the next adventure. And not enough information, uh, or not enough effort, I think, is put into doing the very thing that Bureau 13 cares a awful lot about, which is, and John, can you... What's what? What's the like the first rule? Don't get caught. Okay. What's the second rule? I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> Trav. Don't leave evidence. Close. Give a plausible explanation for the supernatural. Uh, yeah. I'm reading from D20. That's rule five. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, I was going old school back to the 1992 one. We enlarged those a lot. Yeah, yeah. Okay, anyways, so, yeah, it's always been an important thing, and you actually get, uh, in the earlier games, you got more experience for doing good evidence dispersal. But it does never seems to be that big of a thing. But when you think about you know, the long-term effects on a campaign and what you're actually doing when you go to a, on an adventure where you're part of a super-secret government organization to hunt things that people don't shouldn't believe exist. And you do nothing to try to mitigate a very public display of the supernatural, you're kind of missing some of the point of the game. So, and it's, it's a fun part of the game too, because there's lots and lots of stuff you can do, you know, to really have fun messing with people and just, you know, it's, it's another puzzle to figure out as part of the adventure. Yeah. My con, my con team, team Fremont, they're all about mis misinformation. 
the, their entire cover story is that they run the low tide, the Fremont Low Tide Review, a free newspaper, and they have columns where they report on all the various weird things happening on Seattle. You know, it's like, yeah, that's 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 their main job is to actually provide disinformation and misinformation. And that is only one uh, one thing. So we'll get to that when we talk about the how to, um, to run the disinformation thing. But let's let's step back a second and start talking about you know obviously there's the we don't want people to believe in the supernatural because it gives us our edge because if the people don't believe in the supernatural. Uh, the the supernatural doesn't believe in Bureau 13 because he doesn't think anybody's trying to come and find it or, or is prepared to deal with it. So that edge has always been part of the game where we said you don't want to let people know. But that's kind of a you know I, I I've always said that as the first thing to try to get people to realize this kind of a um, I don't know a, a, what do they call it a um, enlightened self interest to do that. If you don't let the, the, you know, if you do this sort of thing, it makes it easier for you to do your job. But there's other really important reasons why you want to have disinformation, why you want to cover up some of the things that have happened or, you know, but cover, but not necessarily doing a cover up, but disinformation as part of the adventure. So, and I, I listed out a number of things that were why on our, our Facebook uh, secret page. So, uh, Trav, you want to hit one of those? Oh, let's see. Why somebody needs to pay? Some somebody needs to pay in conventional justice might not be possible. Uh, number one is supernatural, and people won't believe in it. Right. You know, how are you going to bring somebody to court when you know when the, the claim that you're making is that they are a supernatural being and they're engaging in something that is bad? You know, because of the supernatural aspect of it. I mean that you know you're not going to be able to get uh, your day in court with that. Well, yeah, I mean it's just, and that's one of the things with the bureau. It's inherent is that if you out them, you are out it as well. So I mean, you just you're kind of what what's the term? Your hands are tied, and so. But but even you know even bringing it you know never, never mind the aspect of outing the bureau. Just the fact is that you 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 go in and you say hey this is what's going on and they all look at you like here's the door buddy we have important cases to cover. We don't need your crazy talk. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so a disinformation campaign could be used to punish somebody who is supernatural and is therefore you know immune to prosecution due to the fact that nobody will take the actual crime seriously or or, or the opposite i mean when i ran the odd rock uh, scenario it wasn't the supernatural that you wanted to punish you wanted to punish the person who was well persecuting or or kidnapping and and holding hostage a supernatural creature you know, he finally got his comeuppance at the end, but he wouldn't have gotten it any other way, though. You know, without the help of without without the bureau getting in there and basically undoing everything he did, this person did to cause all these problems in Odd Rock. And yeah, he got his justice, justice, but it was justice for the supernatural rather than justice for the people. So it works both ways. Yeah, still justice. Yeah. Right. So. And uh, the second uh, caveat underneath it, which is, is somebody is important and people will protect that person unless they're shocked 
by something that they are accused of doing, you know, with some evidence to the point where they will no longer act as a cover for that person. Hmm. Yeah. And, and there's another good reason I was thinking about this too, reasons why you want to do this disinformation and misinformation, which are actually different things, but we'll get into that later. Uh, it is not because, you know, we want to hide from our enemies. Our enemies know who the Bureau are. You know, look at look at our list of enemies in the book. It isn't it isn't the the allies? It isn't the neutrals? It isn't the uh, the enemies we're hiding we're hiding from. We're hiding from Joe and Jane six pack, the average American is who we're hiding from. Yeah, but that's but we're not talking about that, John. We're not talking about hiding from people. We're talking about justice here. That's true. That's justice is important. But uh, um, well, okay, I'll bring up my point later then. All right, thanks. So, so the the example that I have for this is, and this is actually taken from I think an Outer Limits episode. But there was this guy who was collecting tears from people, and it seemed like very innocuous. But what happened was over time, you know, the person found that they were unable to feel anything anymore because by taking their tears, he basically taken their ability to empathize, to you know, to care, to feel about anything. And they were dead inside, and he had this whole collection. Well, you you know you can go and say, well, this guy, and maybe this guy was you know had an important family, and and you you know um, and, and people are going to cover up for him or uh, you know you give him protection. And you say, well, yeah, but the disinformation is is that this guy's like running a child pornography ring. You know, and, and that these young girls are being used for nefarious reasons and such. Or, you know, and so you basically do something that uncovers them from their protections, and then they have, and then you can then bring, you know, it's easier for you to bring them into a position where they're being punished. Oh, yeah. And with bureau hackers involved, you can plant the evidence of it on his computers. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, that's, that's the how, and we'll get to that a little later. Okay. So, all right, so um, okay, so what, uh, John? You know, why don't you uh, go to the next point? Okay, and that is uh, where is it? It's right after number oh, two. Oh, somebody needs to be protected. Yeah, and that's something I was thinking. The other reason is is the reason why the bureau. One, two reasons. One, we don't want the the muggles to know that they're supernatural. But second, we don't want the muggles to know that they're supernatural. I.e., we're protecting the supernatural, the, the benign and neutral supernatural creatures from, well, people. I mean, think about, it. you know, if, if unicorns were known to be around, every little girl would want her own little fuzzy unicorn in their backyard. You know, and eventually you know, we reports of parents being gored by that fuzzy little unicorn because they're not pure little girls. And yeah, and it just be it would just destroy the magical ecosystem. So in a way, we we're protecting the 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 not evil, not wicked supernatural. We're protecting the the benign and the neutral supernatural from well, people, because <laughs> people sometimes can be really bad about things. Well, because one of the <laughs> one of the things I joke about in the games that I run that involve space travel. Is and I've used this line in character. I said, "You don't understand. We humans are good at one thing: destroying stuff we don't understand. If yeah. we don't know what it is, we will nuke it first. Yep. So, yeah, 
that's kind of what John's getting at is like the normal person, if they don't know what it is, if they can't quantify it in their own little black and white minds, they're going to do something really stupid to take it out, yeah, which or, will cause even more problems. Or capture it or put it in a zoo or do something really bad to, you know, or hunt it to extinction just because I never shot werewolves before. <sighs> Want to get one of those rugs? Well, you ain't gonna rug. You don't get a skin. But anyway, <laughs> it also is important because there's a lot of bystanders or secondary people that are involved in some of these missions. And if you don't, in fact, get rid of the big bad, or the big bad has friends, okay, you don't want them coming back after these people that were involved in it and who decided not to join the bureau. So you need to give them some covering. You need to protect them in some way. And one of the ways of doing it is by hiding their involvement. Or, you know, or sometimes um, if they if if the big bad knows that you hit them with like the uh, uh, the drugs that uh, knock out memory, it says, well, they don't know anything. So I don't have to worry about being exposed because they're not going to remember it. You know, the Bureau knows about it, but the Bureau knows anyways. So it's not it's not I don't have to chase this little this little cost accountant, this uh, grocery clerk, this uh, secretary, this you know, whatever, the school teacher, you know, I don't have to go and ruin her life and possibly expose myself more because she's not an issue. And, and putting this, uh, and putting this kind of information out there as a covering for those people is very beneficial to them. You know, considering the, how dangerous those memory drugs can be, I, I, I only use that as a last resort myself. Most folks, most folks don't want to remember well, yeah, I know that, but what? But and that's and that's okay because I I, saw, I, I thought the guy, the, the evil bad guy, who was saying, "Well, you use memory drugs on them, so that's fine. We can leave them alone." I thought that was a pretty thin line of reasoning, anyways. So that's why you want to create this false, uh, uh, all this false evidence, so that the people don't know that these people were involved. We give them some, we give them an alibi, so that there were someplace else when this happened. So when people come later on and start saying. Who do we need to get rid of to clean up this mess? You know, they they don't find these people because these people were somewhere else. Okay, and probably to me the most important reason why we run a disinformation campaign is people need to forget. Yeah, it's just this stuff, yeah. a lot of the, uh, that we've had our... The Bureau has had the job for now, what, 150 some odd years, 1860s. 1865, to, I think. Uh, a little bit before the Civil War, like maybe 1862, 1863. But during the Civil War, I think this is when Lincoln did it. But basically, yeah. the Bureau has relegated fantasy and mythological creatures to the point of fiction and myth so well that the human mind cannot just process, holy crap, this is real. They need to have their little, as I said, their little black and white life, or otherwise they're going to be gibbering in the corner. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you need to get, 
keep them in their little safe zone. And I'll use the current term that a lot of people get. Their safe space, with air quotes. They need that. They need that for their minds to function. So, yeah, that's the big reason I always have for doing any type of disinformation mission in a bureau game. Yeah. The mundanes just can't handle this. Yeah. And you need to come up with reasons for various things. And one game I ran, The Hunt was looking for a lost elven princess. They ended up in Ellensburg and took over a Bavarian restaurant. And outside was this poor little kid, poor little pimply face, you know, waitstaff kid holding the reins for four war unicorns. They couldn't move. They found the best hitching post in the world because they couldn't get, they couldn't move away from the kid, you know, for, for various obvious reasons. Uh, and yeah, and the story they came up with, oh yeah, they were just cosplayers. They're just some, uh, 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 some, some uh, fantasy players and those were just horses with horns glued on their heads. And everyone said, you know what? That makes sense. That's better than thinking they were elves and those are real unicorns. Yeah, they're, they're, they were cosplayers where, with, with horses with horns glued to their heads. Yeah, that sounds even better. And of course, you <laughs> realize now the scene that's going through my head for Men in Black. There was some swamp gas to reflect off of weather <laughs> Venus. Yeah. Just but, every yeah. time we talk about disinformation, that clip just bing. Yeah. Yeah. But, but right. And people want to believe those stories because it simplifies their lives. Nobody wants the some of the underpinnings of their concept of reality to be shattered and have to deal with a whole new reality of which they know nothing about and are not in any way prepared to deal with. Yeah, no no smashing of fundamental tenets. That just that never yeah. ends well. And the Bureau wants them to forget because the Bureau wants everyone to think that the Bureau doesn't exist, you know, and they want, and that the best way of doing that is for the supernatural to think that nobody believes in them. And that's all, you know, goes, all goes to that kind of concept that if you're good enough about convincing everybody that the supernatural doesn't exist, then there's no reason to think that there's somebody hunting the supernatural is there. Yeah. Except it doesn't work that way. Have you heard of the Streisand effect? I've heard what you wrote, but go ahead. The strike. Okay, the strike. This is, goes back in time. Google was taking, you know, their photographs and so forth, and they had a picture of Barbara Streisand's house in California, and she got all, all, all angry about that and, and demanded it to be pulled from 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 Google Maps, and it did the exact opposite. Those pictures got spread everywhere because people said, "You want to hide this? Okay, we'll make sure you can't hide it." And tr the harder you try to say something doesn't exist or try to hide something, the more likely it's going to get dis disseminated and spread out everywhere. So I would imagine the Bureau learned this a long time ago. And they've realized, okay, what we really need to do is we tell stories about, we tell funny stories about not Bureaus, you know, X-Files, you know, uh, the Men in Black, we, you know, the Fringe Division. We tell all these wonderful stories and we spread, we tell so many of them. No one knows what's fact and what's fiction. <laughs> it's kind of like in Bureau 13 when Eric Spar and I created the Cabal of Families. Mm -hmm. It's like the Illuminati. No, the Illuminati is the fiction that the Cabal put out to hide them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or the fiction in the game that you know a certain agent, uh, may he rest in peace, created a role-playing game called Bureau 13. <laughs> yeah. Well, it only works 
if all that information that you're putting out there uh, causes all of the ideas to be discredited. Okay, otherwise all you're doing is bringing more attention. You're right, you know, you're raising the volume up, you know, at the very thing you're trying to hide. So it's that's a that's a really tough thing to do. Uh, it takes a lot of, um, I mean, unless of course you're just rolling a dice and saying you did it. It, it takes a lot of uh, creativity and planning to be able to pull something like that off. It's uh, much along the lines of one of those how you now you see me now you don't movies. Yeah, it's one of those. It's basically the good old uh, purloined letter. You hide it in plain sight, but you make it look like it's just part of the fiction rather than part of the fact. You know, um, and, what, what what was that from the second Sherlock, uh, RDJ Sherlock Holmes movie? It's so overt, it's covert. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you have people. Yeah, and there's people out there whose whose main job ever since the Weekly World News closed down and the National Enquirer sort of pulled back, and which and uh, since those wonderful mouthpieces for the bureau, you know, closed down, they're now out there on the web now. They're running things like Dark Five, and they're running for Gizmodo, and they're running for Cracked, and they're running for all these things. And their main job is to make fun of people who believe in conspiracies. But do it in such a way that it's it's they're not saying that they don't exist. They're saying you're just stupid, <laughs> or you're you're crazy to believe in to believe in that there's a, a a group of people who hunt the supernatural. Well, supernatural doesn't exist, <laughs> you know. Of course, it does backfire. We now have a substantial number of people in the world now who believe the the Earth is flat. Really, uh, I don't. Really. Uh, okay, news to me. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, it's a it's a percentage, it's a couple of percentage points, but they actually believe the world is flat. It, yeah, this is the first I've heard of this, so yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah but yeah, it's the thing is you you have to be careful. You're right. You, it's it's a fine line to hoe. You have to you know you have to really make sure you're doing it the right way. If you do it the wrong way, you end up you know generating interest. What do you think there's all, all these spook cast spook catching shows out there? The part of them is that, so you can see the bad special effects. Mostly it's because one of them was successful. <laughs> but also because some of them may actually be bureau teams, and what you're seeing is edited after the fact uh, things. And, you know, we, we, we'll fuzz this picture out so it looks like we have the badly focused camera. Yeah. Uh, or or you or you see see the person talking, you know, like what he's hearing on the headphones, and you see the headphones aren't actually connected to the to the <laughs> to the amplifier or something like that. It's like, oops, <laughs> oopsie. Or the voice you hear in the tape sounds much much like the intern you just saw ten, two minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it, you know, there's all there's there's ways to hide in plain sight so people think, yeah, they're just a bunch of crackpots. Right. But the, again, people need to forget, and that's a, another good reason. Now, are, are there other reasons why we need to run a disinformation campaign than the ones I've listed? National security? I think that falls under something somebody needs to be protected. Yeah. Just on a much grander scale. Yeah. Um... Give, give an example of national security, John. I can't, I'm trying to think of something that big, you know. Falls under, well, from the history, the demon of Wall Street. It crashed the market and pretty much threw the country into chaos with the Great Depression. 
Yes, but that was because he it was because he got exercised. It was doing fine until then. But yes, I get your point. There's someone, you know, or some or someone or some things trying to infiltrate NORAD and get at the and get at the missiles. Well, yeah, but that's why you'd want to stop them. But why would that be a disinformation campaign? Well, it depends on how they're doing it. I mean, you could, you know, how does the bureau find out that someone that there, there's some, you know, demonic entity trying to hack NORAD? You know, uh, that's something that would, either because it becomes public or someone starts talking about it or saying, yeah, we keep seeing these ghost missile attacks, but we we check other places and there's nothing, and we're you know, like, whoa. Again, how how does that, you know, what's the disinformation going on here? Computer glitches would be the best thing, but then that's something that makes makes me all sort of warm and happy about NORAD at that point. It has computer glitches, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I just a zap off my head was a bad one. Um, you know, oh, <laughs> someone a demon's trying to trying to take over a president, the president, or 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 someone or someone in Congress, and trying to you know, or or doppelgangers trying to take over someone in Congress. That could end up being a, a national security, and you know you have to do all these things that yeah we saw Senator you know Senator over over you know Senator Overwatch in two places at once, <laughs> you know literally you know he was on he was on he was he was live on the air and he was also in this restaurant talking to this woman. Okay, so the, the person being at more than one place at one time is the disinformation. No, no, that's that's the problem. So now you got to figure out. Okay, we have. To- Okay, but where's the disinformation? Oh no, I'm just getting seeing the situation up. I'm not sure what the dis- disinformation. Okay, I, oh, I thought you wanted me to give you the the. Uh, sorry, oh. I did want to give you an, an example of where something was was uh, uh, was was a national security issue, and to, to to basically support your statement that that's another reason to run a disinformation. Yeah, well, so okay, let let's say Senator Overwatch, as he calls him. Yeah, he was on live on CNN, but he was also at this restaurant. Well, yeah, one was a, your disinformation. Well, you see, because he's such an important figure, one was a double. He does have an actor portraying him for the purposes of his own safety, you know. And so you, yeah. you come up with a story like that. Yeah, that'd be a good one right there. Yeah, body double, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, all right. All right. So uh, I, I'm sorry I asked the question. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, let's move on to the how, because that's that's of course always the fun part. You know, that's the part that the players really get to get into. You know, and uh, now, uh, depending upon the skills that the players have, uh, that's going to, in many ways, inform the kind of uh, techniques that they're going to use. You know, obviously, somebody who's if you've got a group that's all fast talkers, then you're probably going to you know, try to, uh, well, you know, con or, uh, maybe, you know, try to uh, convince people that, um, you're, you know, that what they saw wasn't what they saw. So, you know, that that's where you get, uh, Trav would be talking about your like epic levels of bluff going on and such. I mean, in real life, it works. Have you heard of false memory implantation? All it takes is is having someone in the group, having a uh, patsy in the group, 
and he starts talking about things. And he says, "Yeah, you saw this," and starts and starts saying things that never happened, but does it in such a convincing manner. The other person goes, "Yeah, I think I saw that," and they start rewriting their memories. To, you know because, what they call that? Gaslighting. Yes. Yeah, gaslighting and planning false memories. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. gaslighting. Yeah. You, you can, and it doesn't need drugs or anything. You just simply rewrite their memories at that point and have them come up with de- fake details. You mentioned, uh, what about the guy with, with, with the guy with the golden eye? There was no guy with a golden eye, but they will start t- thinking about, Oh yeah, he was, uh, and they'll just come up and they'll just make stuff up because you're asking them to remember things that never happened. Right. Because people don't pay attention. And so it's very easy. Anytime that they do that, it's very easy to throw in that. And, and once you do that, once you convince them of something that isn't true, you've established yourself as an authority, and you can now tell them about other things that aren't true that really help your cause. It's a, it's a great weapon to use, but also it's a terrible weapon to use because you can easily implant false memories in people and, yeah, use it with care. <laughs> All right. Well, good job, John, because that wasn't one of my list. <laughs> Great. Okay. Um, okay, Trav, you got one. As far as how how you know what what's one of the ways of of um, of running a disinformation game? What's one of the aspects that you can use as far as disinformation is concerned? I am remembering a movie from, I believe, the late 80s, uh, Jim Belushi and John Ritter called Real Men. Jim Mm. Belushi played an FBI agent who would just flat out tell you the truth. Oh, what happened? Well, this alien came down and gave this guy the big gift. And yeah, these aliens were this and this. And of course, Nick, Jim Belushi's character, they just look at me, you're full of crap. Just get out of here, and they just blow it off and whatever. Hit them with the truth. They're not going to believe it anyways, and just, you know. But that movie was the best example because Nick, that character, that was his motif the entire movie. Just tell like it is, say it so matter-of-factly that they're just going to blow you up anyways, and you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, or tell the truth in such an unconvincing manner that no one will believe you. Well, <laughs> you know, you you would stop and well, you know, it happened like well, um, yeah, and it and, and you do it like that. You're making it up. You're just making it up. No, I'm not. The aliens came down and um um uh, abducted those people. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember a, a moment in. Uh, in one of my Bureau 13 adventures, and J.P. Withers was playing as, well, I don't know if he was, I can't remember if he was playing, I don't think he was playing, no, he wasn't playing as himself for once, because, you know, at that time, he really hated playing him, you know, <laughs> himself. Okay, but, um, you know, he was like, I'm not that guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the man you're looking for. Move along, do it. Well, anyways, uh, but uh, at one point in it, he just basically stands up. He says, I know what it is. He says, they're Nazi mutant clones from Mars. <laughs> the entire room just 
collapse and because he and he was trying to convince everybody he was like saying no look at the evidence and we were all going you know it, it was it just everybody the team the you know the, the other players were just rolling their eyes at the, and the NPCs were going what is wrong so was he right oh <laughs> uh, actually as the GM <laughs> <laughs> but no he was totally wrong oh uh, but that would work you know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've had a, a couple of times when the, the, the players came up with a better idea than I had, and sometimes I, I went with it. But most of the time I said, you know, I have all this, these NPCs, and these places, and these other things that are all part of this adventure. I can't just stop and rewrite it, even though it's a great idea. I'll have to write another one based on that in the future. Because, But anyways, uh, yeah, so yeah, he, he was... And if he was doing that intentionally, that as you said, John, that would have been uh, a trap. That would have been really good. But uh, you know, because he, he, as you, he could have just said what it was, and everybody just would have looked at him and like, you know, it's it, usually it's the airhead um, uh, on the, the 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 movie or the television show that that says that, and and, and no and nobody ever believes them, and, and almost always it turns out at the end they were right. Oh, and of course there's the... Oh, you mean like the scientist that nobody believes, and then the bad thing happens, and they don't remember, oh yeah, he said that. No, they just, yeah. Yeah, and of course there's Old Man Jenkins. From Scooby, Scooby-Doo? It's always some guy in a costume and a, and a mask who basically has, uh, I would say, uh, um, uh, theme park level special effects to do what he did in the, you know, but yeah, still, yeah, it's old man Jenkins trying to you know, do this and that and you sit someone up. And he may actually be doing, trying to do something in that way. So yeah, you're, he still gets his comeuppance, but you do it on old man Jenkins. And no matter what he says, no one's going to believe him. Yeah. Well, all right. So you're talking about planning false evidence, then? Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah. Okay. That's and that's one of the that's one of the techniques is to go and uh, place evidence that you know links you know basically get uh, links the person to like you know, you, you know, the, you know, the diving mask or the suit and and uh, the trail of uh, of uh, uh, phosphorescent paint. And uh, the uh, uh, the lights that have special bulbs in them that you know cause things you know to black light and stuff you know even though you know and, and you just you, you you can put enough stu- you put enough stuff around people are beginning to say hey yeah somebody's trying to gaslight us this can't be the supernatural this has got it this is somebody's doing something who's trying to make where's the money follow the money you know and then and. And then you start, you know, placing money. But they would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for those nosy kids and their dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just wonder how many times it actually was something supernatural, and the Scooby team ended up getting credit for it. After a while, like I think in the '90s or 2000s, they started making new Scooby Doo stuff. And I mean, the kids were all older. Like one mm-hmm. became an investigative reporter, another. And they stumbled, and it was the supernatural. And they just lost their stuff because they'd been used to, you know, the old cranky mm-hmm. white guy with the monster mask, and here it was, an actual yeah. zombie. Right. When they had the guest stars, that's when they also started doing the real supernatural. Of course, the Mystery Inc. Uh, series was like, yeah, 
this is like a Scooby-Doo for now. And I always, uh, of all the series, that's the one I love the best is the Mystery Inc. Mystery Inc. ones. Because it really was, there was Supernatural and there wasn't Supernatural. It was a mixture. And it was hard to figure out when it was and when it wasn't. You know. Well, well it's really funny now. DC's doing old Hanna-Barbera comic books redone. Scoop, the Scooby gang is now during Fallout. The apocalypse, yeah. Yeah. So they're, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, and it's, oh, and from Velma what I've read in the reviews, the there's, there's no middle of the road. They either love it and they think it's great, or they're doing the Beavis and Butthead thing. And, what the hell is this crap? Sucks. Change it. You know, there's no middle of the road. I've been reading a lot of reviews on what they did with the Scooby-Doo comic that I yeah. think they did, like, Flintstone, Scooby-Doo, and two other old Hanna-Barbera properties. Yeah, everything I've seen... Yeah, everything I see in the new Scooby, I love because it's it's basically as edgy and it's like, yeah. <laughs> well, I have to check that out. Okay, all right. So, um, so yeah, so John's talking about you know we were talking about right, you know planting false evidence. Okay, and so you can plant it at the scene to to make it seem like maybe it isn't you know, real or is pointing at something else to just, you know, to send the authorities or the, the interested parties someplace other than where the real supernatural is. Uh, you can also leave information in a database uh, for people to find. And this is, this is, this can be done as a misdirection or it can be used to defame people. So, you know, that, that when you want to leave that trail that says, well, so-and-so, who's actually, uh, you know, um, I don't know, uh, he, as they say, he steals uh, people's tears, but you basically, you know, leave videos of, of, of this person, you know, engaging in uh, child molestation or um, eating raw dog or uh, shooting themselves up, you know, in a, in a, in a group, um, you know, drug scene. You know, any of those things can, you know, if somebody has any kind of importance to them, will destroy their lives. Yeah, that's, and also, you know, I think you also mentioned being a deep throat and leaking it to a, um, a reporter or, or, you know, of some sort. Though these days, that's, that's not as good as it used to be, though. But no, John, John does have a good point about, yeah, the authorities, you know, it's like, uh, let's see, reporter authority. Uh, I don't know. Oh, God. And I'm blanking the name. The guy's first name was Jason. It was spelled like J-A-Y-S-O-N. And he was, a at the time, a respected writer for the New York Times. Of course, the New York Times, one at, the, at one time, one of the most respected newspapers in the country. Mm-hmm. It was found out he lied about all of his sources, and it just dragged the New York Times down. They, I still oh, yeah. They, yeah, you know I, I'm talking. I forget it. I like what he did. Jason Banks or something like that. And of course, now he's a fiction writer because his credibility as a newspaper journalist, you know, he, he flushed that down the toilet. But yeah, yeah see, there it's certain things with media now. At one time, they were, you know, like strong forces of, you know, journalism. And now it's like, eh, nobody's going to believe you could put it on here. You might as well put it on. You might as well bring back the Weekly World News and put it on there. But we still have people who are considered to be people that people listen to. And so by leaking that information to that person, they can influence a lot of people. I've, uh, I, I have an example. I have an example from uh, BBS, Batman vs. Superman. Lois had her story. Perry wouldn't run it. 
What does she do? She goes to that sleazy blogger who gets it out and probably hit more people than the Daily Planet would have. So yeah. with with the advent of the internet, you could give it to a blogger and it'd probably be more widely disseminated than if you give it to a quote-unquote legitimate reporter. And we're not bad-mouthing. And in this, folks, we're not bad-mouthing the print journalism industry. No. We're not no. doing that at all. No, and like I said, in the case where you want them to, they have credibility, you want to pass the information to them in a credible form so that they will then go and tell people, this is what you should believe this is, and people go, okay, well, I trust you, so I will. And they and, and as, as John was talking about, they'll edit their own memories. Yeah, what what's that line that Andrew Scott used in Sherlock? Well, it was on the internet, so you know it's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. Uh, no, you basically know your audience. Who you're trying to, where you're trying to, for a town. Oh, well, then you you find. It may not be a reporter. It may be the local barber, the guy who runs the bar, and he's the one that does your disinformation and uh, disseminate. Yeah, I can't say it. Dissemination. Dissemination oh, program God. for you. You know, you know <laughs> the, the friendly cashier. She's oh. Did you hear about Did you hear about about Mabel and boom, there it goes. Or if it's a bigger town, you find out you know which, which shock jock are people listening to. And there was a time when phone trees were a thing. These days, it's Facebook groups. You start a Facebook group. Well, and there's also Twitter. Yep, and, Twitter. And you know, pass the information around. But there's also another thing here, which was the other person, the authority. Okay, well, the authority because. Uh, if you basically can convince somebody who has power of, of 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 false information, okay, they can then go and use that power to mobilize a lot of things in a direction. I mean, you know, this is part of warfare. This is part of real warfare where, you know, it, because somebody uh, was given a report that there were soldiers in this location, he moved a whole bunch of soldiers to that location, leaving an entire flank exposed and causing the battle to be lost. This happened many times. And there were other times when people literally gave up, you know, the, uh, surrendered when they were still the majority of, of the fighters because they thought that the battle was lost. So, you know, when you convince somebody in authority that that a falsehood is a fact, then that really gives you power to, you know, to direct, you know, belief and, um, and, uh, and, and just people around to places where you want them to be rather than where places that you don't want them to be. Uh, and that's where you got the, like the gas leak. You know, convince somebody there's a gas leak, all of a sudden the whole street is empty. Yeah, and really for that, all you need is the stuff that make that makes gas smell. You don't even need gas. You just need the chemical, which I forget what it's called. But you just need a, just a vial that chemical or a low aerosol thing and just sit down someplace and turn it open. And there's a gas leak, folks. Right, because natural gas has no smell. So they add a smell to it. So you know that it is there. And so when you do smell it, you know there's a leak. Mm-hmm. It's that rotten egg smell. I can't remember. It's, it is a sulfide compound, I believe. Yeah. 
So I'm just saying that's one reason why you'd want to plant false evidence is because if you can get somebody else doing your work for you, then you greatly multiplied the effect, you know, the, the power that you have in a situation, the control that you have. Okay. So, but John, why don't you talk a little bit more about, you know, Twitter, running a Twitter campaign as a, as a form of disseminate uh, of, of disinformation. Well, one, you're gonna need you're gonna need a lot of Twitter handles because just one person tweeting is not gonna do it. So you need to actually have several Twitter accounts or or, or you know to basically set up uh, well what what they're what they're called are um there's a name for it. Um oh, sock puppets. So you need a bunch of sock puppet accounts to retweet oh, yeah. Yeah. to retweet to retweet hard. your your tweets into other into other streams and other groups and make sure each sock puppet has a a, a non overlapping group of places they can do it and if you keep spreading out that way spreading these tw tweets over many groups uh, enough people will retweet it that you'll start getting a cascade effect and it's be so all of a sudden it starts trending on Twitter you know yeah. At that point, you know, yeah. So, so you know, uh, old man Jenkins was found wearing a wearing a, a swamp creature costume. You know, be, becomes trending on Twitter. You know, and that's pretty much it for old man Jenkins. But, uh, but yeah, it gets uh, spread uh, everywhere. Uh, especially you get pictures too. Pictures even pictures help help, help along too. And of course, we're talking about Snapchat, which is but Snapchat's kind of not impermanent. Uh, you're better off with Twitter, but though Twitter's starting to be more. <laughs> I can say it. It's not a kids thing anymore. It's now more more adult stuff. To use it now, and kids are now moving to Snapchat. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fine. You know. Well, that's good. That's what you want to use it for in this case. Yeah, in this case, yeah, Twitter goes off, and yeah, and, it, and people start trending it. The better and the better you can craft it, uh, craft the message, the the better it will it will spread. And you have to do what's called clickbaity. You got to make your message clickbaity. So that people see it and they want to click the link you have in the message and go and go see and go see your page you set up someplace else under a different account, under a different name, under a different IP address, all that good stuff, with this more of this false information. And you spread it through Twitter. And pretty soon you're lucky you're running on a bureau server and not on a regular server because you won't you couldn't handle the load coming into that into that false website. <laughs> But you also have to earn a right to be heard. You have to somehow create this this semblance of truth, of of uh, um, of genuineness to your whatever false identity you're doing this under, you know, or under the name of somebody who may not even be on Twitter and all, and you're posing as them, you know, so that you can get this information out there, so that people begin initially they they shouldn't believe you. And you should keep it very mild. But as time goes on, you can build on it till finally at the end, you're spouting, you know, Nazi mutant clones from Mars. And there's people going, you know, I, this is, I'll get the truck. I'll get the shotguns and we'll meet over at, you know, at, at, at the, uh, you know. At Sutter's Mill. Yeah, Sutter's Mill. Why not? Why not? Absolutely. Yeah. Be I mean, I could totally believe, okay, if they, if this happened, if it happened today, I totally believe that that would be how it would be transmitted. The whole Sutter's Mill thing, people would be sending stuff back and forth on uh, uh, on Twitter. They'd be tweeting about it, you know, and people would be, you know, reading their phones and they're seeing lights over in the distance. And <laughs> it's just me, you know, meanwhile, there'd be like people. We're referring to the old War of the Worlds broadcast that Orson Welles did, and everybody yeah, yeah. thought it was an. Well, there, some people may not know. I'm. I'm 
and people's truly believed lost their damn minds folks <laughs> Orson Welles did it that well and of course they wow. kind of it a lot of people tuned in late so they didn't hear that it was a reading that they thought actually there was an alien invasion so that's as I said, there are some people we have to admit may not know about that whole War of the Worlds thing, but yeah, yeah, it just and he had to come up and apologize for it too afterwards. Oh yeah, yeah, he yeah. realized, oh God, we caused a mass panic here. Oops, yeah. But there is also some evidence that he did the way he did. He did it on purpose that way because he knew people well, would be changing from one channel. Son of a gun! I mean, he was not yeah. a dumb man. He also wasn't evil. Well, no, I think he. I think he was trying to. He was trying to make it seem more real. That's what he did in the, in that news now routine. Because be honest, I listened to the whole thing, and the first part's really exciting. The second part isn't as exciting as the first part. No, well, because it, the second part is clearly a dramatization. You know, I mean, he's he's talking about running around and 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 dealing with the aftermath of the of of the the Martians being there. So you know, to me, I I when I listening to it as a modern person, of course, but I, the second part to me sounded like a, an actual drama. But the first part, because of the interruptions and such, it actually sounded like it might be a news show that was being interrupted by real news. So there was a to different tone between the two. They were completely different. So yeah. And the people that hung up their, shut off their radios and grabbed their shotguns and headed off, you know, to the hills uh, because they thought that the Martians were coming, didn't hear that second part. Oh, and I love it. This is word of God. He, when the guy asked him, so what does the Secretary of State sound like? He sounds like FDR. <laughs> so when you listen to, when you listen to the, the statement by, I think, the Secretary of State, it sounds like FDR. So yeah, people are going, no, that's not Secretary of State, that's FDR. It's the president speaking. You know. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's you know, it's because he he really wanted to have the president speaking, but they said, you know, you can't do that. You know, no, 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 no. That's not that's not perfect. These days, not a problem. We can have someone talk talk like the you know, it'll be huge, you know, and uh <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not a problem these days. But back then they, they had a hard time showing the the sitting president. In, in movies, they didn't really didn't want to do it, <laughs> you know. So yeah, anyway, but yeah, yeah, the the getting a person in authority, you know, and and we say authority, it could be the guy who runs a local coal mine. He's a person of authority. Oh, he certainly is. We have a couple. If you, as you all know, besides being on here for going you know, seven and a half years now. I also have my internet radio show, and I've appeared on Blix's show, The Mythwits. I've gained some notoriety. Do tell. And yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> but people tend to believe me, and I. So I know how this goes. It, it's not the whole "what is it" from your mouth to God's ears type thing. But I mean, people tend to believe me when I put stuff up on the internet or when I disseminate information on my show. So, yeah, I understand if you find the right person who has enough contacts, who is a networking hub on any form of social media, Twitter, Facebook, um, G+, whatever, whatever information you send can do a lot of damage or a lot of good. 
I mean, it just when when I saw this about Twitter and posting online, that the first thing I thought of is like all the stuff I post and everybody runs with it. So yeah, it just if you want disinformation, kind of the internet is the place to go now, and it it doesn't matter where if it's on a private board or a forum or out on social media, you just have to know know your audience, like Bruce or John said earlier. Yeah. If, if it's a uh, large met- metropolitan city, yeah, you can probably find a few local paper, local, uh, I would say not, uh, you get local papers that still exist, they're still, they're still printing, but also a lot of the free papers have a fairly powerful voice too. Oh God, uh, like, um, uh, John, I don't know if you were <sighs> still in town when they had it, the Metro Times. Yeah, here, here it's the Stranger and the Seattle Times. They're both free newspapers. They're yeah, supported by pick, ads. You can pick them up at restaurants and stuff, and they've got everything mm-hmm. from articles on local stuff to want ads, which, like the personal ads, are always funny as hell for me, and just reading them were a riot. But yeah, those the Metro Times has fantastic circulation. It's still going today. That paper's been out now. God, I remember reading it in college, me and Shelley's mom. So, yeah, we're talking 25, 30 years this paper's been out. Mm-hmm. You're going to hit that young 20, you know, 18 to 30 age bracket with that. Yep. If you're looking to disseminate information through that, you know, the, the well, what's the term? The hip crowd, so to speak. Yeah. Well, every group is it has their own you know, there are areas that where they trust, you know, their own, their area. And that's, and a good disinformation campaign has to hit those particular people because, you know, you, it could be a despair group or it could be a very targeted group that you need to affect and you need to know what it is that you're doing. Yeah. If it's a small town, it's usually the, it's usually the, the local boss, the local boss hog, Who's ever in charge is probably the one, best person, but he made the reason why you're there in the first place. So yeah. you may not, may not be the one to go to, but then 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 you have to find his opposition. Then he's the one to go to to spread the information. Right, but for example, if the if the people who saw what happened were all kids, for example, you know, and no one's going to believe them. So as long as you can convince the parents, the parents will tell the kids, "Just shut up! I'm tired of hearing your crazy stories." You know. Now, tw- 10 years, 15 years down the line, you may have a problem. You may have a bunch of kids getting together and going down the sewers looking for a big giant spider. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and this, you know, which may or may not be there because of swamp gas and the sewers that affect them. You know, so, uh, they all float down here, Timmy. <laughs> You have to be careful that you do, you know, you don't forget about one group just because they're not important at the moment. And disinformation campaigns sometimes can last for decades. This is dipping back, dipping back into our episodes. This is where a family team would come in handy. You got kids with you. And the kids help you with with that dissemination and that disinformation and misinformation. Well, I'm thinking about Project Blue Book and the whole UFO thing. 
you know, in Bureau 13, you know, that that's an ongoing thing. They may have said that they discontinued it, but it actually there's it's still in operation. They're basically trying to all find a, a, quote, reasonable explanation for everything. And even though there might be some that there is not a, a reasonable explanation, they just put those into we don't know what it was. But then they trot out all the ones that they were able to find a solution and say, you see, you see, that's what it is. And everyone says... Yeah, and everyone just forgets about the ones where they can't explain them. Yeah, that's true. Uh, in fact, I remember looking at trends. Uh, did I post that to the Bureau 13 group? Where the UFO sightings have sort of kind of just decreased these days because, well, everyone's got a camera that does autofocus. And yeah. a lot of those UFOs don't turn out to be UFOs when you take a camera that autofocuses. That has like 10 megapixels. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but that, the problem is that most UFOs don't show up in the daytime and cameras don't do so such good autofocus at night yeah they also don't do good pictures at night either too you know right but the point is that you get a lot of blobs moving around and it actually looks more like there's ufos when in fact is it's it's actually something else entirely so you can get a i mean again you're just raising the noise level and uh i mean i and i do agree with you john and it just seems to me that that it should be people should be able to prove once and for all you know whether there's aliens out there or not, but we still haven't, you know, we, we still hear stories and we still see stuff. So I don't know. I was really hoping for a resolvement on this because I want to believe, but I need the evidence. Yeah. There was also the rods. I remember this one's the thing. It was, I can't remember because it was a, a, a function of, of film cameras or a function of digital cameras. I think it was a function of film cameras that insects would fly. And because the way camera with the cameras worked, it turned into rods in, in the, in the, in the exposure. And I think it might've been digital cameras. Cause if you did it with a film camera, it didn't happen. It basically used one kind of movie camera, one kind of, uh, if you use a movie camera, wouldn't happen. Use a video camera, it would happen. You would see these rods appear. But I always thought that'd be interesting if there was a strange insect out there that was a good yard long and with multiple wings flying around. You know, it would, you know, yeah. It turned out to be an artifact of, of the device being used to make make the pictures. Mm. So, yeah. So, um, uh, we talked about posting on conspiracy or extremist boards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. This is this is where I'll try it out the thing I created. Who, what, where, where? Who, what, where? Who, what, which, where? There we go. Who, what, which, where? Which is a board created by a bunch of well uh, witches, and it's a forum. It's a forum and a, a group where they get together, and it, it's a group that's interesting in that the bureau does have a presence on there. It's mainly to help bury real real events, but it's also there. To make sure those hedge witches, uh, hedge, hedge, hedge wizards, and kitchen witches don't summon demons by giving them good information on how to do spells properly, and it's and they're being helped by the real witches who said, "Yeah, we don't want that either." So it's it's sort of like it's a community where yeah, there's disinformation being put out, but there's also good information being put out as well. So those witches and war, would be witches, would be warlocks don't end up summoning some some demon frog that starts eating a neighborhood you know we you know start small 
Make sure you do. Make sure you no substitutions. If you don't, if you can't find it, don't do it. Okay, but I don't think you're addressing the the the, the point, John. Um, I, I mean, I agree with you that you know, about that. But um, w- what I'm trying to get to with this is I'm, I'm talking about where you're reinforcing uh, their their basically their uh, their delusions, you know, by posting these you know these groups and by feeding them evidence. Then they they become the loudspeakers that you want, and they also create you know possible um, uh, patsies for the events that are, that you're, at some point you're going to need to po- point the the uh, the guilty party. You know we have to identify the guilty party, and and if it turns out that you know the uh, that it's um, you know that um, you know Mr. Douglas is is not somebody we want to bring into the light of day, then uh, we need to uh, blame somebody else. And uh, I mean, or, you know, this is one of the techniques is to blame somebody else. And by getting the, uh, uh, getting the, the bunch of skinheads or uh, the whoopee witches showing up, you know, and deciding to do a, uh, um, I don't know, a, 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 an authentic, um, uh, well, I was gonna say an authentic ritual in the nude, you know, <laughs> right there, right there in the middle of you know um, the, the 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 Central Park down here. We would say Centennial Park because it's you know, but anyways, you know, all of a sudden, all all this attention goes to them, and nobody's paying attention to the thing that you're actually trying to uh, uh, to hide. So it makes it easier. But then later on, if you do need to, you know, p- uh, point people at. Sometimes you know the bureau. I hate to. I don't. I hate to say this because we always like to paint the bureau as good guys. But sometimes the bureau actually has to set people up for a fall. Yeah. Oh yeah. By ruining reputations and yeah. Yeah, you can ruin people's reputations who didn't deserve it. But if you're doing it to keep this, you know, to protect the the so-called greater good, you may have to do that. Yep. Yeah, a good a, 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 a good example, and he is in Bureau thirteen D twenty, um, Senator Ophidial, where he no 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 that Ophidial is a good guy. You're thinking Senator uh, Garden or Bart or something like that, or uh, let me look real quick. Ophidial is a good guy. Ophidial is Doctor Ophidial, but yes, yeah, you're you're thinking of the senator, yes, and and yes, he we we get he's been so totally gaslit. And he's the guy who who was trying to do his best for his country by finding you know um, overruns and and wasted money and putting that money you know stopping that 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 waste and putting the money to better things and he found evidence of the bureau and we basically ruined his life. Yeah, there are things like his campaign. You know, here we go, Senator <laughs> Westmore, Maryland. Senator so Weber. On path of collecting material to blackmail opponents in a minor political race, Thurston Weber stumbled on the existence of Bureau 13. In the decades since then, he's gone on a crusade to expose the government ways to tax very harder money. Um, with no real evidence of the Bureau, story holds a little more than one-way ticket to arrest home in Connecticut. Weber realizes the Bureau has kept his political career on a short leash, blocking his bid to the presidency, and so he slowly assembled the group of CIA, ex-CIMN. Yeah. Basically, the Bureau ruined his political aspirations to protect themselves so they wouldn't be outed. That's the perfect example. Yeah, they ruined this man's life, and now he's bitter and has his own mm-hmm. cadre of former government agents to 
Yeah. Go up I against was, the bureau now and then. Yeah. Now, if knowing the bureau, at least they're at least part of them are bureau agents. It would make sense. I mean, you know, hey, we got to make, we, yeah, it, yeah, we have to keep an eye on him. We also got to make sure these guys aren't effective. Yeah. <laughs> That that's where you know you you basically try to cr- get yourself in a position of authority, so when the time comes, you can direct you know people the way you need them to go. You know, I mean, maybe you know, there's there's a reason why you know so and so made a uh, made a bad call. Well, maybe the bad call because he was protecting somebody, like the bureau. Okay. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million million worlds out there, so go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Blix. Don't hate the game, hate the players. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. This is Richard Tahoka. Wait till you see what's coming next. Yo, brothers. This was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at TriTech Games. And if you don't, we'll be after your sorry butts, cause we're some bad mothers. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.